It's January 24th, 1848, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. In California Gold, a first-hand account of the start of the Californian gold rush, the book's author, James Stevens Brown, recounts the moment today in history in 1848 that launched gold fever in the US. He wrote, Just when we had got partly back to work, James Marshall, with his old wool hat in hand, exclaimed, Boys, I've got her now. Brown says that he then had a look in Marshall's hat for himself and immediately cried out, Gold, boys, gold! A phrase that I imagine resonated around them there hills plenty more times in the years to come. Although obviously got quite corrupted over generations because a different book that I read had it written as Boys, by God, I believe I found a gold mine! <laughs> I don't even know. He wasn't even Southern, but that's the accent you have to do that in. It was, yeah, it was, I was so tempted to do the same, uh, but uh, then I didn't know where I'd stop. <laughs> so obviously maybe the words were less important than the discovery. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, in Marshall's own account, he wrote, Upon the rock about six inches beneath the surface of the water, I, and this is in cap, so he obviously was shouting, there was shouting. He says, I discovered the gold. Uh, he says that he was entirely alone at the time. And then obviously he started running around shouting about there being gold in them, their hills. And it still then took him a few days to confer the news to his employer, who was downriver from the mill that they were constructing. He was a guy called John Sutter, of whom more later. But when he came to Sutter and said, wow, look, here's the gold. Sutter was anything but impressed. He was actually, and it turns out rightly, pretty nervous. Yeah, so Sutter had James W. Marshall constructing this mill, and Marshall was doing most of the work at night. And on the morning of the 24th of January, he found these few small pieces of something that looked like gold, and he then did start to like do these tests on them, and alongside Sutter, they then confirmed that it was a very pure kind of gold. But Sutter was really nervous that this was going to basically kill off this agricultural community and thriving business that he had in mind, the thing that he'd started work on here with this mill. And he was right, because, of course, the minute the idea that gold was to be found in his backyard, squatters began showing up from all over the place, breaking down his fences, stealing his cattle and destroying his crops to get to the precious metal that they thought that they'd find there. Just to take a step back for a second, if you're curious about how you tested for gold in remote California in 1848, first you bite into it. My question is, who knew how to do that before YouTube? Like, how did you even know what you were looking for? Like, everyone knows that you bite the thing, but then what? Like, are you just looking for a bit of resistance? I mean, I literally don't know. If it's a bit harder than a flake, is it gold? I, I, literally I think you're don't looking know. for softness, aren't you? You want it to be softer than other kinds of goldy-looking metals. We'd, we'd be terrible gold miners. Um, but they seem to work out that it was gold. But it wasn't until June of 1848 that Captain Joseph L. Folsom, U.S. Army Assistant Quartermaster at Monterey, uh, came up to have a look for the U.S. government as to whether indeed this was gold. Later that summer, President Polk formally declared to Congress that gold had been discovered. So actually, it took sort of six months to be officially verified. Yeah, and I mean, that's why we call it the 1849 gold rush, because it did take time for word to yeah. spread back in those days. And I think, you know, the first rush was a local one. Of course, word did start to get around. But 
if you think about the expense and the struggle of trying to reach California in the 1840s from the East Coast, or even from the Midwest, you can understand that it would take an extremely gullible or desperate or brave person to take the risk of that perilous journey west based on what were essentially still kind of rumours. But over the next seven years, 300,000 people would arrive in the territory, which had previously only been home to about 8,000 white settlers. You know, they're coming by land and sea from all over the world. And there was a lawlessness in California that really made it easy for wannabe gold prospectors to just set up and start digging wherever they wanted, including all around the colony of Sutter's Fort, as Sutter himself had feared. And actually, this lawlessness was the reason that Marshall was actually at Sutter's Mill in the first place. He had been a carpenter who moved west, but he had managed to construct his own ranch that he was running on John Sutter's land. But then he went to fight in the Mexican-American War, because until 1847, California had been a possession of Mexico, albeit heavily populated with US settlers. But when Marshall returned from serving in the conflict, he found his ranch was in disarray. All his livestock had been stolen or neglected and wandered off. You know, nobody had been there to enforce his property. Nobody had been there to help him. And he had no choice but to go back to working for Sutter as his carpenter. So he knew personally that once this floodgate opened, it would be open season. It's funny in a way that... Not funny. <laughs> well, it's that yeah, he'd been hired. Off. <laughs> well, this is the thing that Marshall had been brought in to help with the problem of the farm kind of falling apart. And his discovery of gold was the thing that really, really made the farm fall apart. So, you know, he must have been a bit, Sutter must have been a bit kicking himself. But it's also interesting to consider the fact that even though there was so much mineral wealth, both, you know, flowing through the rivers and on the surface of the land and then eventually deep in the land that the miners started exploiting, it really wasn't the miners themselves who got rich out of the gold rush, but more all of the attendant industries and services that turned up around them. Stores and saloons and laundries and loads of other businesses sprang up pretty much overnight. And lots of these people were getting very, very wealthy because they could charge extortionate prices because there were no alternatives to this influx of people who were suddenly arriving with almost nothing on their backs. Yeah, and it really was a rush. I mean, firstly, California being rushed into statehood because we said suddenly it has natural resources. Oh, we better make it part of the US and quick. Then um, a state mint because there wasn't one. So private entrepreneurs initially raced to dominate as the people who could most quickly build up a reputation as the processors of the raw material. You had a surge in immigration, as Rebecca has discussed. One percent of the population of America descended on California by 1852. Yeah, one California newspaper described the the atmosphere at the time. It said, the whole country from San Francisco to Los Angeles and from the seashore to the base of the Sierra Nevadas resounds with the cry of gold, gold, gold. While the field is left half planted, the house half built and everything neglected but the manufacture of shovels and pickaxes. And this was what was happening back at Sutter's Mill because it's, I find it really funny that all this huge, you know, this, the, the gold rush of 1849 was happening. But back at Sutter's Mill, John and Sutter was like, right, so are we opening that water mill then? Because I think that's really going to be great for us. So in April, they had opened the water mill. The problem was that nobody wanted to work at anything except prospecting. They couldn't get anybody to actually run the mill. And it was the same thing all over Sutter's settlement, which the you know it was a big parcel of land. It was called New Helvetia, New Switzerland. He was Swiss. And he had created, you know, like a tannery and a general store and farms, but nobody wanted to work. So this all ended up, you know, kind of rotting away into nothing, which to be fair, 
fair good because you know Sutter was a real piece of work and he was operating the whole colony largely with the slave labor of indigenous people so we can't feel particularly sorry for the failure of uh, his settlement and also if the alternative was work in mill or tannery or follow the you know the relatively fortunate footsteps of John and Daniel Murphy who arrived in the Sierra Nevada in 1848 they actually got there very early and struck gold within days of arriving and in a single year so by the time most people had turned up they had mined 1.5 million dollars worth of gold which would be worth about 40 million today and you know the stories like that must have been what was keeping people going yeah people like you in 1849 just recklessly propagating this idea that you can head to California and make so much money that was not the experience of most people is worth no. underlining not yeah. only was the journey perilous to get there as Rebecca said subsisting along the way on things like boiled woodpecker once you got there you know you basically need a lot of guns and a large retinue of people to make sure you were the one who came out on top you can just turn up and start doing it you need to be the right kind of person with the right kind of force to make a serious go of it you needed wagons you needed horses you needed backers some people brought clairvoyance with them and servants if you wanted to turn back it would take you three months to get back home again and a lot of those people in this sort of service industry that you were celebrating earlier <laughs> ended up doing things they hadn't intended to do. I mean, you know, yes, they did manage to make money out of the miners, but a lot of people that intended to go there as miners ended up as sex workers and hoteliers and servants. One another thing is that it became progressively harder to actually access the gold. You know, the first rush of prospectors could literally lift it out of rivers. You know, we've got, you know, that mental image of people panning for gold. And that's literally how easy it was. The gold was just sitting there. But of course, once you've got 300,000 people who have descended on the gold fields (laughs) and they're all excavating it desperately, it becomes progressively harder. So although the the first people who arrived, lots of them did make a, a tidy fortune, that number became less and less and less. It's estimated that overall about half of the prospectors did make a profit of some kind, most of it a modest profit. And Marshall himself, you know, who discovered the gold in the first place, he kind of fell victim to this as well. He was stuck now with a mill that he couldn't operate and prospectors flooding the area. So Marshall had to try his hand at other ventures. And then he ended up a partner in a gold mine, but it didn't turn up anything. So and he too, like Sutter, ended up dying penniless. Well, he should have considered going into the industry of fashion because <laughs> Levi Strauss went to California and sold his his signature blue jeans to the miners, which had this ruggedness of material and durability that made it, you know, both an instant hit, but also the kind of thing that you could hold on to because they could withstand the working conditions that people were putting them through. And within a few years, Strauss then patented the jeans and sold them across the country. And that's the birth of Levi's. And it's an analogy, isn't it, that people have reached for in history ever since whenever people have gone to California for anything. I mean, when they've gone anywhere for anything, but particularly California. So you talk about, you know, the rush to make Hollywood, which was a similar thing, obviously, with immigrants coming from all over the US, or the rush to Silicon Valley. But I suppose both of those places are only where they are because the gold rush did happen. So it's not just a metaphor, is it? It's actually directly connected. You know, California was built on this. Yeah, built on boiled woodpecker. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow. It's a rondo. Which means, basically, you can keep repeating it. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors.